This week's episode of River City 93. It's your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me is my good man, Matt Myers, who's more or less taking the Thanos approach of getting the number one seed after Greenville, Union Omaha decides they can't do games. Madison decides to crack the bed, and Chattanooga decides, well, maybe we'll score some goals. Also joining me is Shanair, who's a little upset and uh, mad because the kickers decide to let a goal in and then to turn the Thanos themselves and win game. So we have it balanced. I, I think that's the term of everything that Thanos did is like everything has to be equally balanced. So we'll see. But yeah, we have a game to talk about, guys, after we took the week off. How are y'all? I'm doing good. Doing good. Another win under the belt. And so far, things going somewhat favorably for us with the res- other results. So top of the league. Top of the league till about 10 o'clock, and then we'll see. <laughs> For those yeah. who don't know, we're yeah. recording this game like two hours before. Union Omaha plays two songs. We don't know the results of that game, so well, we, we know the result of that game. We, we kind of know the result. We just don't know the score. <laughs> sure. I want to hold out some help. I want to hold out some hope. Like, maybe Tucson can pull off the upset. You know, like, look. College football was Saturday, and we had massive upsets like Marshall beat Notre Dame. Uh, what was it? Baylor beat BYU. Uh, Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern, which we all saw coming, which is very funny. I don't know if anyone knows this, but like Union Omaha is probably the best team in Nebraska because Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern, who's showing there's a field with South Georgia Tormenta, who's never beat Union Omaha. Full circle. Hey, but, hey, how are you leaving out App State beating AM? Come on. Oh, right. That's another one. I, I forgot about that one. Yeah, App State beating AM. So I want to hold out hope. Maybe Tucson can just, if there's one game Tucson wins this year, it's this one. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> I'm probably the only person. Uh, shoot, there's probably the people in Tucson that probably think they're going to lose tonight. God, I'm probably the only person that's like rooting for Tucson. If we're keeping the the Marvel theme up, uh, you know, isn't uh, what's her name, uh, MJ, in the you know last Spider-Man one talking about you know never get your hopes up so you can't get disappointed? I mean, yes, that is also true. Yeah, yeah, that is also true. Well, a result that didn't let our hopes up: Richmond three, Tormenta one, guys. This team, I think we've all clipped this team is special. This team is going places. You have to see how this season goes out. As I think, was it the top three seeds? Right now, Richmond, Greenville, and Union Omaha still have games to play against each other. But Richmond, right now, got one hand on the driver's seat, right? One hand. Yeah, one hand. Yeah, I mean, Omaha's still right there with us. So it's. Uh, I mean, still completely in the kicker's you know control. You know, if they win out their first place, no matter what else happens, uh, but yeah. Omaha is also right there, uh, which makes it for a very interesting uh, next match. Which we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. Yeah, like you said, man. We'll get to that one later. But I think what we're starting with with Richmond, and, and definitely in this game, I think this game started off with a shaky start. <laughs> And I mean, look, we, oh, we yeah. talked about it a bunch. Uh, this is our year so far. Sometimes how to kick your start off a little bit shaky. Not on the best of footing. We gave him a peak, a penalty kick. I mean, let me take that back. We started out great. We had the chance in the first minute. Led to a free kick. And then plays that kind of started to balance out. We give up a penalty kick right around, what, the 10th minute. And at first, I thought it was Stewie. Who came with the penalty kick and I was all pissed and bad. And then, you know, when a player you really like is on him, you're like, oh, he didn't really mean that. Oh, he didn't mean that. 
Wait, so is this a revelation that uh, you've turned on, you know, Stu? No, I haven't turned You're on Stu. Now? But I was pissed. I was, I was pissed. I was like, Stu, you can't do that. And then when I saw his belongings, I was like, oh, he, he didn't mean that. It's okay. It's okay, buddy. Yo, so 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 just because he's in the running for MVP, Bolaños gets a pass yeah, on that yeah. one. Look, I'm sorry, I don't I don't I don't view it that way. I just I, I I I here's the thing. Everyone's human. Bolaños was sloppy with that tackle. That was that was very sloppy. Yeah, no, it was very sloppy. Um, <laughs> didn't need to happen. I don't think we didn't really talk about the penalty kick because it didn't yeah, it goes against the goalkeepers in a way. I I think what Akira's penalty record is 0-3 or 0-4. I feel like it's in that race right now. This Yeah, this year I think it's three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Yeah, so. And to be honest with you, even if he had picked the right way to go, that, that was hit with some pace. I don't know if he would have gotten there. No, that was. That, that, was, that was extremely good. Uh, PK take took an error, but I, after that, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was nervous the first half, and I'm pretty sure you guys were as well. It just felt like that penalty kind of kicked us in the mouth, and we kind of stumbled to get across to the first half line. I mean, we've seen this you know, story a few times this year already. You know, for for whatever reason, you know, it's not unusual for the kickers to give up a first half goal. At home, you know, not not necessarily struggle, but you know, not you know, take a full grasp of the game either until right before halftime or just after halftime. You know, so having that you know, 30, 35, even up to 40 minutes of, you know, whether you want to call it feeling the other team out, whether you want to call it uh, you know, not finding the game yet, that just depends on optimist, pessimist you know, side of things. Uh, but then I, I never once had the feeling that, Oh well, there's no way they're going to score against this team. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Full belief they you get it done. I mean, obviously you'd rather have them find it sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But no, I'd never had to worry about you know will they be able to get one back? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that's the same feeling I had as well. Shanir, you might be a little bit different. You were in the chat like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it was a situation of. Uh, I think this is this is the second or third home game where they've come from behind to win. Um, uh, just just that. Is, oh god! Yeah, I mean, you had the North Carolina game. Uh, let's see, the Tucson game. You had this game. There's been a few. There's been a few where we had to come behind. Um, yeah, there have been quite a few games where, you know. The kickers have, have started slow, let a goal in, and then on the on literally came from behind to win the game. Um, it, it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, can can you stop making it hard? Can you stop finding the hard way through? Like, just can, can you can you just give us an easy route win? Stop stop trying to give us heart attacks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely agree with with that. But I mean, I, there there were a couple of your heart got stuck in your throat moments within the first half. Like, oh um, yeah, what was it? The forty first minute when that ball hits off the crossbar. I mean, it hits off the post, and if that ball is what like half an inch inside, like you look at it two nothing now, you're like, all right, like now probably at that point I was probably paying, but you know. Outside of that moment, there wasn't really much else to take away from the first half. I do think well, – let me just back up. I do think there's two things to take away. I think Tormenta was doing a great job of forcing Richmond to go long, but they weren't allowing the normal line breakers – like, they weren't allowing Neil and Ethan to get loose in five pockets to just pass. They were forcing Zaka and Jalen to be the progressive passers, which Zaka, that's not Zaka's strength. And we know Jalen, he's – He's looking for the long ball to Bologna's, but they were cutting off that options for him. Yeah. I think Tormenta was doing a good job with that, and they were just, you know, pretty much, scenario like you pointed out before when we played Tucson during that 4-1 game, about, all right, they're just going to just tuck in deep and just force us to kind of break them down. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there was a little bit of that as, as – um 
as we were starting to get, as we started the second half, um, the Tormenta looked like they were just going to try and escape with either one point or two or one, one goal lead. Or if we were to sneak one, they'd be happy with, with getting out of there with a point. That's what it just, it just looked like that. Um, they didn't create, they didn't start off looking like they were, they were intending to create anything much in the second half. And I think that just invited the pressure and with the talent that the kickers have this season and with the way the talent has been working very well together, it's just, it was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of time before the kickers finally broke through. And I, I think South Georgia's defense is a little too frail to be parking the bus and thinking they can hold out for an entire half. Oh, I would say they're, they would have been better off trying to be more classically park the bus. And I think that strategy would probably work for a lot more teams against you know, the kickers because, you know, we've seen it time and time again, you know, the offense works best as a counterattacking you know, unit, you know, being able to really, you know, push forward, you know, not uh, you know, break you down, you know, death by a million cuts. It's more of a, you know, you know quick, you know, stab to the gut you know, yeah. sort of approach. Uh, so if you're parking it in, you know, you're going to make, you know, the midfield had to try to unlock something, which, yeah, they're capable of, but what's the bread and butter? Bread and butter is, you know, spring, you know, Bologna, spring, uh, you know, Bentley, Gordon, Decker, whomever it might be, you know, and then you know, letting them you know, get a one-on-one and, you know, find Emmy or find, you know, a trailing runner right there. So uh, I think, you know, kickers, you know, were able to pull them out a little bit more. And, you know, when you look at the goals, you know, it really kind of, you know, suggests exactly that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's very much true. And I mean, Janera, like we were talking about earlier, um, like Tormenta's been one of the best road teams in USL League One right now with seven wins and two two wins in a row, back to back coming off of. So I think, I mean, Janera, for credit, it was kind of just like, all right, score early and park the bus, you know, and force, well, really force Ethan and Neil to have to pass back to Zaka and Jalen and force them to pass the ball. Which, to their credit, the first half it was working. You know, it was, it was frustrating the kickers and forcing them not to play uncharacteristically, but forcing them to go to another option. But it's even within that, I still felt comfortable. Like, all right, if Darren makes a couple of tweets here, there just to get either or nil open, it's going to unlock this whole team. And we saw that going into the second half. The other thing that I don't know if you guys caught this at all, but I, I saw it up there in the press box. Um, I, this is probably the game where I was probably the most frustrated with Ethan Vandercourt Decker, just because of a lot of times when the ball would get tipped out to him. And I don't know, maybe I'm nitpicking, but it just felt as if like he didn't run as hard to try to get to the ball. Like it was kind of one of those things where he kind of knew, like, all right, I can get there, but eh, the ball looks like it's going out. I'm just gonna play it out. You can kind of see there was one moment where him and Darren had. Uh, let's say a strong conversation about Ethan Decker, e- Ethan Vandercourt Decker not chasing down for a ball, like Belong. Yeah. You know. So th- I mean, outside that, that, outside the first half, that's everything that I talked about. I actually thought like they were going to take EVD off and put like Bentley or Gordon in at that point, you know, just just to really get behind Tormenta's defense, who was sitting there behind. But they didn't, and that's it. <laughs> so, any other thoughts about the first half, guys? Before we, you know, move on. Um, not really. Um, the, things were looking a little scary, but like, like, um, like you said, Matt, it, it still looked like we didn't look toothless. We, we really didn't look toothless as this game started to progress. And even in the first half after, after the goal, we, we, we didn't look toothless. It, it looked like there something was coming. It did. But going into the second half, I think the kickers did a little bit, did a much better job. And I think one of the biggest improvements they made, like I talked about, was moving the ball quicker. You know, they weren't just sitting on the ball as much. They were very much trying to move the ball to the field. For instance, like if you go look at the second goal, it's a total of six touches before Bolaños gets the ball in, in the back of the net. Well, you know, let's, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's... Well, no, no, no. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, 
I'm using it as an example. Yeah. The first goal, which now, God, I had to replay these goals in my head. See, this is what I'm saying. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself here. Right. <laughs> it was an excellent goal. Um, I, I still trying to figure out how Pilate, well, what is the South Georgia tournament to defender doing there? Because you would think, like, either you could just kick that ball out and Forrest Richmond to just have a throw it further up the field or kick that ball out of bounds. Instead, he kind of just looks at it and Bolaños just takes it off of him. Well, yeah, I mean, to paint a little bit clearer picture in case you, know, you don't have a you know perfect memory of it or you missed the game, you haven't seen the highlights, whatever the case may be, uh, this whole play started off a throw-in. You know, yeah. probably yeah. You know, just on the kicker side of midfield, uh, and the initial throw was nothing special. It wasn't like it was a you know a Nathan Alling long throw. You know, looking for a goal. It was, I think, Stu throwing the ball. Yeah, it was just a throw to looping it over. You know, somebody trying to find Bolanos, and the ball bounces, and it bounces in front of a tormented defender, and that's the point where you know Elliot's you know, talking about. He doesn't understand what was going on. You know, there and you know what happens because you know, it looks like you know the tormented defender should have all the you know choice in the world of what to do with it, and he chooses nothing. And Blondes is able to you know squeeze himself in there, you know, get the ball and you know, turn out. And you know, next thing we know, you know, one two touches, you know, two dribbles later, playing a through ball for Emmy. And you know, like we don't see a ton of through balls for Emmy because. He's good at a very lot of things. He's not Bolaños fast, right? Usually we see the three balls for Bolaños. We see the three balls for you know, Gordon or somebody. But you, know, you give him that kind of space right there and the ball, you know, delivering him the ball in the box one-on-one, you know, you're, you're banking on that goal every single time. And sure enough, 1-1. One, one. Right. And also, I, yeah. think the, I think the best thing about this goal is the way how Emmy shapes his body up to go for our pros. Because this ball is on his weaker left foot. And you can see the way how the goalkeeper shaped it up. It's like, all right, he, he's going to have to shoot this near post. So let me, you know, position myself for it. And this just further proves the point that Emmy is the best striker in USL League One. Because in the midst of him running, he shapes his body up beautifully to cut this ball across to the far post. And sitting in the press box and watching that, it just further cements the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, Going back to the to the initial pass from Bolaños, I mean, this is this is a a clear case of the uh, the midfielder. What was his name? O- Oteno. Um, Oteno lets the ball bounce in front of him, and when you're when a ball is in the air, that's like a big no no, no bounce. You do not let it bounce when something's coming out of the air. Either a goal kick coming out, coming out hoofed long, a clearance, um, sometimes even a corner kick. You don't want to let that first bounce happen because usually when you let that first bounce happen, there's a possibility that you lose the ball. And in that situation, he literally allowed that ball to bounce. There isn't a lot of forward momentum on that ball, so the bounce is going to be awkward. And that awkwardness, Bolaños just capitalizes on it, just steps in front, says, thank you very much, and he's gone. So this is a big, big from mistake from Oceano um, leading to the goal. Yep, pretty much so. And at that point, it's 1-1. And I got to say, after that, it was pretty much Richmond's way, probably all the way up until maybe the same 70th minute, um, going to the second goal, the goal that I was talking about, which really showed like Richmond was being a lot sharper on the ball. I mean, you look at it, it starts off with a carefree kick to Ethan Bryan, who played probably one of the best balls we've seen in City Stadium. I'm not trying to like, oh, oh right my now, but goodness, it was, <laughs> it, it's a beautiful ball to play into space. Like, this is the kind of pass you show to <laughs> dumb kids that want to play midfield. And when we say, like, Pass into space. This is what we mean. It Line breaking passes, though. right? Well, like, well, I, I, think no, under- I mean, that- I was gonna say, I think you're underselling you know, why it was so quality, though, because you know, it's the first touch. I think even more so than the actual pass. Well, see, yeah. I fell over the pass. You're right. The first touch of it was was good as well. His first touch is really good. 
But I mean, that's one of what the one of the rare opportunities in the game that he had like a, a time to really play that kind of ball because Tormenta was tired of him the entire game. Well, that, that's the thing; he didn't have yeah. Yeah, the time or space. That's why exactly. it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, I yeah, guess so ball... you paint, yeah, Shinir, you want to paint a picture for listeners? <laughs> yes. Um. So this is a ball coming out from 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 Akira in the air and literally. Ethan Bryant brings that ball down with his chest, but the direction in which he brings it down with his chest is away from the defender, like literally cuts the defender off with that first touch off his chest. And literally, he's still somewhat facing Akira where he hooks his body around to make that pass. And when you say line-breaking pass, he broke like three lines with that pass. So uh, I, I mean, I got big, big ups to to Ethan Bryant for that pass. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it really was amazing to play that ball into Stu. Who, it, the cool thing about this, if you watch Belongius, Belongius is pointing like, I want it here, I want it like right here in the middle of the box. And Stu, just to put that ball right there for him, with what I, I think it was either Phelps, I think it was Phelps. Uh, slide to try to get in there to cut the ball off. But for Bolaños, and I think the thing that we've talked about, Matt, that we've really harped on with Bolaños is his ability to finish those one-on-one chances. And mm-hmm. he finished it. You know, finished it with, with good style. Yeah, and, you know, about five minutes before that, he actually had one of those one-on-ones where somebody had slipped him through and, you know, the keeper made a good save on it, but there's a little bit of that same thing we've seen time and time again this year where, you know, if he was just a little bit better finisher, you know, he'd you know, be right up there in the battle for second place in the league in goals. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing you do think about with Belongis, and that's probably like where some scouts are probably looking at like, uh, it's finishing. Man, you, you got to think, like, if he, if he finished off, what, maybe three of those one-on-one chances, you're right. He's right there in the midst of almost having, like, a, a double-digit season and goals and assists. Yeah, so yeah. I'm glad that he was able to finish, you know, this one off as a good one-touch you know, finish. Uh, it probably wasn't the hardest pass that Stu's ever had, you know, to make, but he still put it in the exact right spot. Yeah, that he you know, needed to that so that uh, Blondes could hit it you know, perfectly in stride as well, and you know at that point, you know, the keeper just has to hope it hits him because not much else he can do. Yeah, yeah, very much sure, very much sure. Um, so at that point, I forgot my train of thought for a second, <laughs> but at that point, we're two one. What, what did Still... you think of this week's celebration? You had, you had some criticism for the celebration last week. It was better. It was better. He didn't okay. dance. It was much better. I'm pr- proud of him. I'm proud of him. I'm still working <laughs> on it. Got better. Um, I will say this. We did have a couple of shaky moments, but I think Akira did a really good job on the free kick that around the 78th minute mark. Mm-hmm. Um, really good job on that free kick yeah. save there. Um, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the hardest free kick to save, but it, it wasn't easy. And um, it, it was hit with some some serious pace, and Akira, you know, gets his hand there, and he, you know, he, Akira does what Akira does does best, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, the the big thing with that one was that it, it was a foul that was as on the edge of the box as it possibly could have been, you know, without it being a penalty. So you know, Ani got turned a little bit, and he took the guy out, and I, I was worried that you know. The ref is going to you know, give it a penalty anyway because you know everybody's momentum carried you know forward into the box. Uh, I was pretty sure it was outside the box. I was more worried that you know she was going to pull a red, you know, on him at that point, which I thought would have been a little harsh, but could have seen it. Uh, I just feel like it probably isn't reality, but it feels like we've just been victimized by free kicks so often, yeah, you know, that. I was scared to death at that moment. Uh, but yeah. like you said, maybe it wasn't the hardest save of all time, but that was also because of you know, really good position, positioning by Akira in that moment, you know, where, you know, they, you know, when you're that close to the box, you know, it's a little bit hard to go you know, up and over the wall and get it back down. You know, so Akira was right at, you know, one of the only other spots that, you know, Cabral could hit it to. And, you know, he, he did his job. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did. He, he very much did a job, and 
I think God. There's another one a few minutes later too that scared me, and thankfully they put it over. Oh yeah. Well, that one I I didn't feel too. I didn't feel as if that one was going to go in. I don't know why I just did it, but the 70th minute one, I think the thing that made it so special was because like that's a typical Akira save, like that very like reactionary save. Yeah. Like that's a very Akira type save. So that's a positive of that. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, O'Gordy came on and uh, he changed the entire complexity of this game. Like, yes. <laughs> he, he flipped this game on his head, man. And Tormenta had no answer for him at all. No, he made a nuisance of himself. Um, his movement on the ball. Um, he was drawing a lot of defenders to him, leaving a lot of guys wide open. Um, we actually got a chance, I think, uh, off of some of his dribbling, um, but which led to, to, to nothing. But it, he's getting to the point now where he's starting to be smarter with his taking on players. He'll take someone on, uh, get past them, draw some more defenders in who are panicked after he's, he's, he's beaten one guy. And after they, once the draw is, is, is fully in play, then he looks for that outlet and he's starting to do that more and more. Um, whereas before he would be dribbling, he'd take a player on, he'd dribble, draw defenders in and try and take them on one, take them on one V however many. Um, he's starting to be a lot smarter with his play, which I, I really like. Yeah, he is. And he's he's showing why he is that change of gear pace person, you know, that Olex was last year kind of for us so much, so much more. And I think Darren is trusting O'Gordon a little bit more just because he does try back defensively, but he's also contributing in our offensive stake as well. Uh, give or take the last goal to happen. And then that would, the count is a 90 plus four, 94th minute. Um, I asked Matt before the podcast, and I want to hear your take on this. Do you think it was a foul over Gordon? Do you think he kind of threw a little bit extra more in there? Um, I think it's one of those situations that if the ref doesn't give it, you wouldn't be too upset. But the ref does have the right to give that. And this is one of those situations that don't put the decision in the ref's hands, yeah. in my opinion. And in that situation, South Georgia puts put the decision in the rest hands. Yeah, it, it just felt as if, it was like, in that moment, it was kind of weird just to see, like, the entire team just kind of just stop and just look at the ref. <laughs> and you see Bellagio just kind of crisscross the goalkeeper and put the ball in that. But, but this is the thing. That chance would have never happened if Luke, which I love him, goes into the corner and actually holds on to the ball. I don't want to say how Luke lost the ball in the corner. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. He's yeah, not. and Fel- Phelps he is a big dude. And then he like took the ball. <laughs> I thought. See, I thought you're. I thought you're going to say never would have happened if Luke just went to goal and you know shot himself, which should have happened as well. Should have happened. No, nah, see, Luke, Luke's seen it in uh, you know, like 3D chess style, and you're, you know, you're just playing checkers here. He did. He did. <laughs> Oh, man. But, but no, the, the, but, goal, uh, the goal was a little weird, though, because yeah, even in the stands, we were all kind of wondering, like, wait, is this real? Does this is this counting? Because I, I think you're underselling how little the tormented defenders put in an effort once Jordan <laughs> stole the ball. Like, Bolaños l- literally ran through you know, two of them that were standing just a few feet of, you know, apart from each other. Like, they were... Nobody picked up Bolaños. Oh, I forgot who else was in the box. It was another kicker's way in the box. But, like, the def- literally, the defender, the defense's players, like, when a foul happened, looked at the ref <clears throat> and just stood there. It was like, like, are you going to call this? And I think yeah, you got to play to the whistle. In that situation, you got to play to the whistle. And, and, and to be honest with you, this is one of those situations where, you know, sometimes you look at certain plays and you're like, oh, well, ref, that was a foul. But, and at the end of the day, you got to think about this. What kind of dumb decision led to that altercation? Um, in this situation, uh, number 
47 for um it doesn't matter who it is yeah the, the he his turn is what kills him um in that situation first off Phelps does a fantastic job of when he wins the ball off of um Luke off of Luke he he gives that that kind of that legal body check to create space for him to be able to turn and slot that ball out. Now that wide player, I, I, I can't tell who exactly it was off of, off of, off of, because I, I didn't, didn't see it live. I was, I watched it on TV. Um, he makes a good turn inside and finds number 47. Number 47 just needs to take a touch upfield and he's away from pressure and able to look and find another option. He takes a turn back. Now, one of the first signalers for almost any team for a high press is a touch backwards. So he invited um, Bolaños and O'Gordon to run at him. They smelled blood with that, with that terrible touch. That first touch going backwards, it's like trying to take the long way to turn around. And I mean, at the end of the day, he set himself up for that. He kind of turned into Gordon, and not really Gordon going in on him. Oh, Gordon just got there, and he turned right into him, and I mean, set himself up for that. You could see that the players stopped, but you don't really see that situation of the tormenta players charging the ref down after the goal goes in, like upset at the situation that he didn't call a foul. So a lot of them kind of knew that wasn't a foul. So I don't understand why everyone stopped. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I guess it was just such, such a good play. They were just like, uh, you know what, let's, let's give, let's give Bologna's another goal. Give him a brace and an assist for the day. <laughs> um, yeah, now, Bologna's really definitely did make up for the sloppy, um, for, for, for the sloppy tackle. Oh yeah, hey, he, he made him for it. The first goal, <laughs> yeah, he, he made him for it. Oh, but guys, real quick, with, with all this being said, the game finishes three-one. Richmond only has two home games left uh, against Fuego, and then two regular season home games left. Let's be clear. Okay, regular season games left. You're right. Two regular season games left uh, against Fuego and Greenville at the end of oh, mid-October. Got a couple of records that are still on the line. Do you still have back back um, the best winning record at home? So that's still mm-hmm. up for play. Um, Trezaghi, <clears throat> my bad. Trezaghi is still on pace to break his own record of 18 goals in a season. And he's still on track, give or take, if he finishes with 20, which I did call. He's close to it. <clears throat> I think he could either – I think 21 is the club record for a season, so he's close to that, um, which could obviously happen. Bolaños now is tied for the all-time record in assists in a season with 10. If you go back to 2019, remember Arturo Rodriguez in the season he had then, um, and he's three away from breaking the all-time – that all-time. The, the club's record. assist record, which is 12. I can't remember who had 12. But Ruben Espinosa in '96, I think it was. Yes, that's wow. who it was. That's who it was. Nathan told yes. me I couldn't remember who the player name was. Um, so yeah, still a lot of records up for up for grabs. You know, and that's not even talking about <clears throat> the potential MVP choice of Bolaños or Terzaghi. So it all happens. Yeah, I mean, to, to to be honest with you, I think they they're they are both. Um, making a very good case for league MVPs. Um, in terms of kickers MVP, like the voted for for the with regards to kickers players, even that situation, it's really hard to decide between the two. Yes, Terzaghi is 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 scoring goals, but Bolaños's presence. When oh, he is is undeniable, and it's 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 one of those situations you're looking at, and you're like, "Wow, that this this is the type of situation you want to be in," you know. 
it's it's, it's, it's one of those. Yeah, you want to be in as a, a team, but it's not hard for me. It's Bolaños. The man has played 15 games this year. 15. He, he scored or assisted in, in those 15 games. Like he's averaging a goal or assist in every. Yeah, and and also you you gotta. I also I also with a situation like that like to look at the intangibles. When he is not playing, you can see the difference. His absence is more noticed than any other player on that team. Well, to be fair, we haven't seen this team without Trezani, like starting the game without Trezani. So that's that's, that's true. Crazy. That is I true. Think- me personally, and Matt, I, well, I, I want to hear your opinion on this as well. I think I presented the phrase a while Bologna's with it. I just think, like, what Bologna's is doing this year and the potential of having, like, that double-digit assist and goals record. I mean, not record, but, you know, season. Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very yeah, – I think that's top-notch. I think that's a case for MVP. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think – Assume again, so six games left. Assuming things don't you know go off the rails, really fall apart. You know, it seems likely that you know Bolanius is in you know the pole position. If Emmy scores another you know five goals, his you know hits twenty. We know that a lot of places really like to give you know the top goal scorer you know the top honors as well. So I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be disappointed either. And I think both of those guys would much rather win the league than win MVP. Uh, you know, so there's that. Uh, I think the biggest thing working both their advantage is, you know, the other two, you know, top level teams in this league, you know, Omaha and Greenville, there's really not an obvious attacking option choice for them. Like Omaha has, you say knew who, you know, if you want to put a goalkeeper into it, but let's be real. It's not going to be a defensive based player winning MVP. No in the league you know people like highlight reels and they like counting stats too much to have any realistic expectation that it's going to be you know you know someone one of those roles and uh Greenville has Labovitz but you know he just had one hot month and he's kind of fallen back you know, since then I guess if you want to make an argument for like Sterling at you know Tormenta I, I could see a third place argument there but they got to make the playoffs even how that even be halfway viable? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You got to make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, so so you had that happen, and a couple of other results kind of went our way. Uh, I think more or less we know that we should never ever count on Ford Madison doing their job because Ford Madison had two cracks at what Greenville and Union Omaha and crapped the bed twice there. Yeah, they got us a draw against Greenville. Yeah, but I need to win, and I hate to say that. No, I mean, I'm... Charlie got a win, which was good. I'll take draw still. Draw to five. Yeah. It's still, still a minus two for whomever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that, that's a positive. Um. Let's go ahead. Let's preview Wednesday's upcoming game against Union Omaha. Uh, we got the potential of winning another season series, which would be very, very good, and this could also be a very uh, potentially important game for that number one seed. I, I, yeah. I would like. To... I don't think it's potential important game. I think it is important yeah, game. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's a major decider. Probably most likely not mathematically, but Whoever psychologically, is it a driving place for that one seed? Exactly. Uh, we'll yeah, that one team. Yeah, that yeah, one team is in the driver's seat. Because you, you imagine if you your hard beats Tucson tonight, they'll go to they'll be on forty three. Yeah, yeah, they'll go to forty three, and then they quote unquote win Wednesday. They go to forty seven. Forty six. Uh, yeah. Forty six. My bad. Five point gap there, which would be hard given the games left. It, I mean, anything could happen, but you got to imagine you're in favor there. Now, on the first side of that, you know, I'm going out here and lose against Tucson, and then losing against us. Kind of favor us a little bit more, given that game ahead to Greenville. Yeah, I would, I'm looking at this one against Omaha as a, I'm happy with to get out of there with a draw, like a loss. Me too. Probably you know, make it tough to be able to you know, finish first. You know, a draw would be status quo. Realistically, will still be 
two points behind Omaha, but you know, that's almost certainly the toughest game, you know, left on the calendar for the kickers. So, you know, not doing harm in that game, I think is, you know, the biggest key takeaway. And they've got a, their janky baseball field, which I don't think is going to play into, uh, you know, the style that, you know, this team likes to be able to utilize because there's just no space to run into. Uh, so I think uh, you go in there, you hope to be able to win, draw, totally, totally cool, totally fine. How do you think, how are we imagine this team lining up, given that they also have another game on Saturday uh, coming up? So I'm imagining they'll probably won't fly back to Richmond just to fly back out to Chattanooga. I'm pretty sure they'll probably fly straight to Chattanooga. So how is Darren going to kind of manage this, this roster given these two games? I mean, I think he's going to play what he thinks is his best team on Wednesday and then deal with it on Saturday. Yeah. You think center back pair, you think it'd be any yeah. change there? Or we'll, pretty much we'll see the same 11 we saw against Tormenta. I mean, part of that depends on if Dakota's available, right? Because he was the noticeable absence you know, from the team uh, in this last game. He wasn't in the 18 at all. So hopefully it's not anything you know, too serious. Uh, but Darren's also showed a propensity for uh, if something's working, you know, don't mess with it. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's very much true. So, anything on you for you, my friend? Or um, I, I I would say much of the same. Uh, like Matt said, it, that Darren is is seems to be in the school of a thought of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I would put forth the same team. They've had a full week, put them in and kind of uh, mix and match and, and chop and change what you need to chop and change for Saturday against Chattanooga. Um, it, it, it would be tough. It would be, it, yeah, it would be a tough game. So th- that lets me know that he's going to have to travel with a very thought out squad because that same squad needs to be heading to Chattanooga. I don't, I don't think they're going to be coming back to Richmond to then go to Chattanooga. So there needs to be um, maybe a, a sense of basically those guys that you see on the bench against Union Omaha are going to be the players that will be available to swap out uh, whoever needs to be swapped out for Chattanooga. Maximum level points you would like to see. I know we would like to see two draws, but realistically, how many points would you like to see? Either there's a mini road trip going to two tough places in USL League One and New York, Omaha and Chattanooga. I mean, the maximum points I'd like to see is six, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what I said. We would love to see six, but real, like, yeah. What well, do you, you, you asked the maximum number number of points I'd like to see is it's six. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I I I think. The, the minimum that we could get away with, I think we, we would need to get – one of these two games needs to be a win for me to be sure that, all right, we've got, we've got number one seed on lock. Um, if we go away with two draws, we could probably still hold on to number one for a while, but it, it will still keep things extremely close and too close for comfort for me. I mean, I'm not expecting to be number one going into Wednesday, so – there's that to begin with. Yeah. Uh, look, if, if the team wins both of these games, there's the possibility that they could clinch, you know, playoff berth by uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning because Charlotte plays the late game out at Fuego that night. That's if everything else breaks exactly right, you know, at that point. Uh, so we're getting there again. That, that involved you know, two road wins in two you know pretty tough places to play, and you know, including Chattanooga, which has been just a you know nightmare fuel place. But hey, you know North Carolina's been a nightmare fuel place until earlier this year, where you know team flipped the script on them. You know, cool. so may, maybe this is uh, you know the time to you know put the foot down and you be able to showcase you know what this team can be able to do and you know start to take a stronghold on. Uh, yeah, a home not only a home game but a bye 
you know, in the first round. Right. It can happen, man. It can happen. Uh, you know, me personally, I don't think two draws kills you because I think a, an important team to keep an eye on is NOCO because they play Union Omaha and Greenville back-to-back. Like you said, anything can happen. And if you've watched NOCO in any parts of this year, you know how volatile that team is. They yeah. can win a game that they're not supposed to win, and they can they'll lose a game they're not supposed to lose. So, well, we'll I mean, see. next Saturday, you know, not only are we playing Chattanooga, but you know, Omaha, yeah, plays Greenville as well. So they're fall they have a massive home stand for them too. So just like it's a huge week for us, it's a potentially even bigger week for them because you know, those home games are ones that you know. You, at the beginning of the year, you're counting on getting points from. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It, it can happen any which way, guys, any which way. But I think this is a good way for us to put a nice little bow on it. Um, Matt, as you always remind me, anything I'm forgetting? Probably. I mean, player ratings. Yeah, player ratings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The infamous player ratings. Let's go ahead. Infamous. Well, not infamous, but they're great in everything. By the way, well, we got to figure out a trophy for who wins this. I mean, we we can figure that out. That's not hard. Get them a big gold chain. You know how you have a chain in college football? A big gold River City 93 chain. We voted for you every week. That's how good you are. Golden headphones? Yeah, that's what we should do. Just get a pair of golden headphones. No, put a pair. Yeah, get a pair of golden headphones. Like, this is your trophy, sir. You're going to bring me to United three player of the year. Ta-da! God. All right. Um, Shane, you want to start us off with? Yeah. You sounded excited about this one. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm giving my one point to Ethan Bryant for his performance in the game. Shanae, you almost made an entire podcast without sounding like R2D2. Oh, yay. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, at the end at the end of the day, the, the biggest reason why I'm giving him that one point is for that that play for the second goal. Um that line-breaking pass that goes all the way through to Stu Ritchie, completely taking practically the entire South Georgia defense out of the game. It was phenomenal and spectacular. So I got to give him the one point for that. Two points for um, Terzaghi. Um, even though he's the main guy, main guy that they're, the, that um, South Georgia's defense should be watching, he still is able to create a lot of space for himself. Um, he still makes a nuisance of himself. He's he's a nightmare to deal with for a defense, which I love so much. Uh, three points definitely goes to Bolaños. Even after giving up the penalty kick, he literally dominates the rest of the game and assisting two goals. Um, it's it's got to be three points for Bolaños for me. All right. So so, so you you can ultimately forgive the penalty. Oh yeah. So you, you turn to you turn to Elliot's side, you know, from you're getting ready to completely you know savage player. Like, oh wait, no, it was you. It's okay. I mean that that for me that would be the case for anybody if they if they gave up a penalty, but and then just completely went beast mode for the rest of the game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I, that's a, that's a funny full circle moment from uh, the start of the conversation. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Look, Blinders can do no wrong in my eyes, okay? <laughs> Three years ago, we should have started this podcast. He picked Stanley. I picked Joe to be the breakout player. And I just want to say, for the last three years, I have been proven right. True. I, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that That's one. That's my guy. <laughs> Um, I think it's very obvious to know who I'm giving the three points to. The guy I just talked about, John Palaios. Uh, two points. I will give it to. Oh, man. See, two points is hard. Because there's so many people you can give it to. You can go kind of either way. Um, 
I'll give my two to Stu. And the reason I'll give it to Stu is because not only did he have a wonderful assist, I think he did a great job defensively. Uh, he, they, I will say this. He did a really good job of marking Sterling out of that game when he got out into the wings, which is not an easy task given Kyle Sterling has been playing the past month. Um, so I, I give that there. And then my one point, I'll give it to uh, Akira. Um, some wonderful saves. And, you know, being patient on the ball, I think that's something that we don't talk about as much out of Akira. Um, I think we talked about it in the podcast previously, but Akira does a great job of having these over-looping balls where you think it's going to go out, and it just ends up on the foot of the of one of our players. And it plays yeah, if you look at the pass to Ethan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That pass again. Under um, pressure, too. Right. So I, I give my one point to Akira. I think he did a wonderful job. All right, all right. Yes, I mean, three points is obvious, right? It's got to be yeah. Bolaños. Uh, I gave my two to uh, Ethan Bryant, uh, a little bit of what Shanir said, but also, you know, this game, but also, you know, but also, you know, I think over the last month or so, we've seen him become a really reliable uh, you know, ball controller in the midfield, you know, being able to get the ball uh, and you know, dribble out of pressure a little bit, you know, be able to move the ball himself laterally, you know, across the field and just really be a good outlet. You know, for uh, the defenders be able to you know, kind of pick up you know, some loose scraps out there and you know, help to get the game reset a lot more. And I thought he did another great job of that uh, on Wednesday as well. So he got two points for me. And then uh, I also gave my one to Akira. Uh, not only you know, to play with the ball at his feet, but uh, when he needed to, he came up with that you know, big save in a big moment. And you know, we've talked about that in the past. Like a lot of his saves, you know, look really ordinary and, you know, look like their stat pattern saves, you know, because he's just in the right spot at the right time. You know, this one is in the right spot at the right time, but he also made it look good too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he did. He did, man. And he makes the team look a lot better. Um, if that's it, guys. I think we're all done for this week's episode. By this time we talk next week, we'll be coming back from a road trip. Going into our last four games, two games at home, two games on the road. Will the kicker still be number one? We hope so. Probably will be. All right. Yeah, based based on the way they're performing, uh, it at this point right now, the kickers are like a freight train going downhill. It, it, oh, it's we'll it's like it's it's just continue the 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 momentum. It's it's. It's going to be very hard to stop the kickers now. Our momentum is moving forward, and 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 just absolutely, we're we're kind of like a juggernaut right now. Right. And I hope that keeps up. I really hope that keeps up because, boy, is it fun to watch. We better not be sp- cutting that clip out. <laughs> oh, I hope we're not. Oh, please. Oh, <laughs> I may have jinxed it, but. <laughs> Oh, let's all right, y'all. Well, as always, kicker fans, we will holler at you next week. Be safe, be easy. Make sure to share the podcast with a friend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.